We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you listen to the Maps Step Back Podcast. Let me step back for a minute, tired of the gimmicks, see we just focused on winning. Ball in the airline center, we bout to get litty. Luca carrying a torch, Borden jumped up off the porch. How you reckon with his force? Third season in the game, and he a legend by his fourth. Look, after dirt, now the king of Dallas. Airline serving as the palace. Young team, and it's full of talent. One revenge, we accept the challenge. Luca carrying a legacy. What it take to be an MVP? Being great, know it cost a fee. Know it Really ain't that hard to see. Hold on, wait. Silence the critics, cause they never did it. Pass out Jordan, I ain't woke up the city. Map shoot hot like we straight out the chimney. Go back to Batman, I'm calling them Drizzy. Mo triple doubles, I'm waiting on 50. Step back smoother, you know it's so filthy. If I get down on my team, gonna lift me. Rep the map, step back. Overcame the setbacks. Starting where we left at. Know we gotta get back. Know we gotta get back. Rep the map, step back. Overcame the setbacks. Starting where we left at. Know we gotta get back. Like, know we gotta get back. Let me step back for a minute. 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 All right, guys. So uh, we're mainly just going to you know, go over the schedule a little bit. If y'all have something else that's not schedule-related that you want to talk about, uh, as always, feel free to send a request. Uh, just make sure if you if you aren't speaking, uh, keep it on mute. That way the it, it makes the audio sound a little bit better. I know Green Room, they've had some, some issues with, uh, you know, the transition – the transitions on audio, it kind of cuts out before somebody's done speaking, but uh, they're supposedly working on that. We'll see. We'll see how it sounds after we record this one. But all right, guys, welcome into another episode of the Math Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined as always by my co-hosts, Matt Galatson and Grant Afseth. Uh, you can follow all of us on Twitter if you like. Uh, I finally got my Twitter account back. All it took was me just completely roasting Twitter on uh, on the pod last week. It was the first time I'd actually talked about it on the pod, and literally the next day I was reinstated. So that's good to know going forward. Matt, maybe you should have like a venting session on. <laughs> oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> on your old account that's been uh, suspended for the last four or five months. Um, so that was good. But anyway, you can follow me at 
Dalton underscore Trig on Twitter. You can follow Matt at Matt underscore Galatson, and you can follow Grant at Grant Afseth. We also have our Mav Step Back account on there. It's at Step Back Mav. So, uh, Grant, we'll start with you. I mean, what what's one of the main things that sticks out to you about the Mav schedule that dropped yesterday? I think there's a couple of interesting uh, key things. I think um, the fact that they play the Clippers like in consecutive blocks both times is pretty interesting. I think uh, that road trip where they play uh, the Phoenix Suns consecutively and then the Clippers consecutively, I think that will be a really good uh, uh, test to kind of see. Uh, I know Kawhi's going to be out, but that will still be a pretty good uh, test to kind of see how the team performs on the road and against, like, a high-quality team. Yeah, and, I mean, look, I mean, I've had some people say, because I suggested before the Christmas schedule leaked, I was like, well, maybe we'll get, we'll finally get Mavs Clippers on Christmas. And everybody's like, no, well, you know, Kawhi's not playing. It won't be the same. I tend to disagree. I mean, I think at this point, after you've played the same team uh, two years in a row in the playoffs, both series went at least – uh, six games. This past one went to seven games, and it was really competitive and fiery and everything. I think it's safe to say that that's one of the best rivalries in the league right now. Now, obviously, for it to be, you know, a true, true rivalry, the Mavs would need to actually win a series at some point <laughs> against them. But you know, it it still has that rivalry feel. You know, like both teams just generally don't like each other so even with Kawhi out I think it would it would have been a great matchup but you know uh, the the Mavs they end up playing on Christmas they get the nightcap against uh, the Utah Jazz and I know you are just very thrilled about that Matt (laughs) well I mean like so here's my thing I, I love basketball on Christmas I think it's awesome and I love watching the Mavs on Christmas but the only thing that I don't like is that my family gets mad at me when I try to cover the game on Christmas. They're like, this is a family holiday and you should be spending time with us. It's like, well, I, you know, I can't. I have this to do. So that's always just a little bit of a pain in the ass. But once you get past that, it's awesome. Um, from, like, the morning game on ABC all the way until the nightcap, I try to watch basketball all day long despite getting yelled at. And the fact that I get to watch the Mavs, and what I think is going to be a really cool game against against Utah, who, you know, was arguably the best regular season team in, in the league last year. Um, it was it, it's it's going to be really fun, and I, I'm excited to watch Donovan Mitchell against Luca and, and do all that, you know, whole thing. So I'm excited. Yeah, and I, I'm excited for for that matchup because I truly believed if the Mavs had found a way to get past the Clippers in the first round this last season. Uh, last postseason, that we would have seen a much better performance from KP against Utah. Now, I don't, you know, I don't know if they would have ended up winning that series, but you know, given how the Clippers played against Utah, especially shorthanded, you know, after Kawhi went down, I can't remember what game. I can't remember how many games he played in that series, but you know, given how the Clippers played the Jazz, uh, I just I can't help but think that KP would have played better. Uh, with that particular matchup than, you know, what Grant has called in the past. You know, that that was like the worst-case worst case matchup for KP uh, in the playoffs last year. But 
I mean, I'm excited about it. I think the Mavs have a really good chance of winning it. I wish they could have a Christmas game in Dallas for once, but, you know, I guess you have to actually have some some playoff success, you know, make it past the first round in order to get that. So I'm, I'm okay with it. And, you know, normally the early day games or even last year it was the primetime slot with uh, LeBron and the Lakers. I'm not really able to do that because I've got so many different uh, family obligations, uh, you know, stuff I've got to be at and everything. But, Matt, the good news is if if you can't get it this year, I should be able to get it. So that's one upside to it being the nightcap. (laughs) I'll have everything out of the way and I can do it if I need to. I, I would I would sincerely appreciate that because I'm tired of my parents yelling at me every Christmas. You deserve um, you deserve a Christmas off. Yeah, I mean, look, it. I know they haven't played on Christmas every year since I've been covering the Mavs, but I still try to watch basketball on Christmas, and I get yelled at for that anyway. So this added workload on Christmas has been kind of a pain in the ass. But um, if you could do that, I would be forever grateful. For sure. And uh, I wanted to get y'all – you know, I, I know there was 12 back-to-backs mentioned in this schedule. I don't know how that compares to last year. Um, I think it's about the same year in, year out. So, And, I mean, as we've learned, it doesn't matter if the Mavs are playing on a back-to-back or if they have three days rest. You know, they can still find a way to lose to the Sacramento Kings <laughs> multiple times, even if they're shorthanded. So, not really worried about that stuff. Um they do have like 26 nationally televised games. That's going to just keep going up every year, it seems. Uh, that's what you get when you have Luka Doncic, who is, you know, a top five player in the league. He's been all NBA first team two years in a row now. Uh, NBA 2K ratings dropped. They still have him, you know, they have him, he has like the eighth highest rating on there, which is ridiculous. They're just, they don't want to hurt Dame Lillard, Lillard's feelings in my opinion, so they kept him at a 94, but hey, he's a cover athlete and everything, and you know, there's a lot of good stuff that comes from the success that Luke is having, including this podcast, because, you know, I, I think we started at a pretty good time, <laughs> two, two and a half years ago. You know, I, I do think it's funny that they have Luca as the cover athlete, he's the same rating as da- Damian Lillard, yet in their tweet, they don't include Luca in the tweet for the top five players. They they have Dame instead just because they don't want to hurt his little feelings. Right. When Luca has literally been a top five player the last two years per the all NBA first teams. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> and by the way, guys, uh, we have, we have a new website now. You can go to mavsstepback.com uh, and we can, you know, we'll post all of our episodes there. We have a link to where if you want the written pieces we do on these on dallasbasketball.com. Just click on that, and it'll redirect you to that section on the site. Uh, it's really cool. Go check it out when you can. Um, but carrying on with the schedule here, the hardest stretch for me, it just just looking at it in my opinion, is in the middle of March. They have a five-game stretch in eight days, and it's it's all on the road. So it's a five five-game road trip in eight days, Starts at Houston on March 11th. Then they play at Boston, at Brooklyn, at Philadelphia, and they finish off at Charlotte on March 19th. In my opinion, that's the hardest part of the schedule. 
wanted to get both of y'all's thoughts on that or if you disagree, if you see another stretch that, you know, they could potentially struggle even more. They have another five-game road trip uh, from February 15th to March 1st, but that's interrupted by All-Star Weekend, so it's not really, you know, it's not really as compact as that March stretch uh, five games in, in eight days. So what do you think? Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Just kind of looking at the schedule, I think uh, with that one uh, like pre and post All Star uh, breakup of that uh, five game stretch where they're playing like Miami, uh, Utah, Golden State, and the Lakers, that would be really challenging if that was uh, you know like not broken up like that. Um, but I think that East Coast road trip will be uh, will be interesting, especially with Boston retiring Kevin Garnett's jersey. They're going to be pretty. Um, elevated or amped up for that game especially and uh yeah i guess uh one thing we'll have to see is if the nets will be healthy uh as well too because that's always a challenge for them for sure and if ben simmons isn't moved at the uh trade deadline as well too speaking you you can go after this matt but i just wanted to say this since grant brought it up but speaking of kg's jersey retirement with boston it really annoys me that the mavs still haven't retired Dirks number 41 and it's been almost it's, it's going to be it's two and a half years since he retired now <laughs> like I, I wish they would go ahead and do that because he definitely deserves it but you know it's like everything else with the Mavs it's long drawn out and they don't give any insight as to when that'll actually happen I, I bet you anything with it happening with KG this year Mark Cuban will be petty and make sure that it happens like right before KG gets his number retired or or just um, completely marks off this year doing it since KG's getting his done this year and wants Dirk to have it to himself. <laughs> yeah, that's also a possibility. Um, but, you know, I, I, like, I think those stretches you guys talked about are, are definitely really difficult. Um, I, the only other one that really catches my eye at the moment, and it, obviously it's not as compact as, as that one five-game and eight-day stretch, but there's a stretch from November 10th to um, really November 27th, if you you know think Washington's going to be worth anything, where they <clears throat> where they face Chicago, San Antonio, Denver, Phoenix twice, the Clippers twice, and then Washington. That's a pretty tough stretch. Um, and both the Phoenix, all four of the Phoenix and LA games that are like back to back, are on the road. Like they're not back to backs, but they play two in Phoenix. And then they play two in LA. Um, they got a day off in between each game, but it, you know that's that's going to be a really tough stretch as well. Um, you know, other than that, you know, there's some there's some also some really like advantageous stretches on the schedule. Um, you know, Oklahoma City, Orlando, Indiana. You know, I don't think Portland's going to be really that good, um, even though they have Dame. I mean, there's there's another one with uh, you know. I, I know that five game and eight day stretch is going to be difficult, but then they have Charlotte, Minnesota, Houston, Minnesota. So like, you know, you, you got to take advantage of games, you know, and, and stretches like that as well. Um, Andrew's in the chat saying Brad Townsend predicts the late January game where Indy and RC visit the AAC is where they'll retire jerks, uh, Dirk's Jersey and unveil the statue. I think that's actually a pretty good prediction. Um, yeah, I could say that. That'd be, that you know that way, Rick. Rick's in town. Rick basically, um, you know, helped Dirk get to that championship, and 
wouldn't, they they wouldn't have gotten it without one another, and they're they're pretty close. So I, I can see them wanting to Rick, you know, wanting Rick to be in attendance for that one for sure. Um, that actually makes a shit ton of sense now that you mention it. And just this is kind of off topic here, but I, I have to have to say it because it just caught my eye. But Jimmy Russell, look at his profile picture. He's got on a very nice T-shirt. <laughs> He's wearing nice. one of our. Yeah, yeah, he's very, wearing one of our very nice Mav Step Back Podcast t-shirts. Uh, if you want a chance to win one of those and you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go leave a review and you have a chance to win one of them. Just you know, put your Twitter ad or Instagram, some kind of social media way of us contacting you if you do win one. So just wanted to point that out because I it, it caught my eye. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, look, it's... It's one of those things where, like, I saw somebody the other day when the schedule dropped, you know, somebody was being snarky and like, oh, I, here's my analysis. The Mavs are playing 82 games. <laughs> or or uh, I, I guess, is, is it is it back to a full 82 games? I haven't even, like, counted that yet. I'm pretty sure it is. Um, but, like, here's my thing about, about all this. I, I, I kind of enjoyed the 72-game schedule. Uh, less work for us. Right. But, um you know, at the end of the day, it it like I feel like there's not really any such thing as strength of schedule in the NBA. It's it's more like you still play everybody still plays everybody. You know, um, like yeah, you, you play you know different teams, different combinations. You can have harder stretches, but for the most part, everybody plays the same schedule. Um, you know, obviously varying on division and stuff like that. You'll play one more game against you know the Lakers, and you will against whoever, but it. To me, it, it it really comes down to the Mavs just taking care of business and and winning the games that they're supposed to win, um, which they've had a hard time doing in the last couple of years. You know, with Sacramento and you know Phoenix when they weren't making the NBA Finals, they they still struggled with Phoenix when they were terrible. Um, things like that. You know, the Knicks who are you know, and all the and most of these teams are just getting better now too. Chicago's better. Um, you know, the Knicks are better. Uh, so. It, they really need to start taking care of business in these these games that they're supposed to win, or you know, they're going to be stuck as a, a seven or eight seed once again next season, playing probably the Clippers and or the Lakers, and probably losing another first round playoff series. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, that that was my main thought when I was looking at the games. I was like trying to look for a uh trying to look for a real soft spot in the schedule and you know every time I came across <laughs> certain teams like uh like Charlotte for instance I think they'll be better uh I think uh Minnesota you know despite what we what we think about Patrick Beverly individually I mean I do think they'll end up being better uh I don't think there's going to be any games and we saw it last year too there's not going to be any games where they can afford to take off. But, you know, teams like Chicago getting better, I kind of feel like that's a good thing because last year the the Mavs um, – last year the Mavs rested Luka for the first matchup with them, and it didn't work. They ended up losing. <laughs> and then they played him against Chicago in the, the next matchup, and he scored like 30 points in the first half, and they still ended up being blown out. <laughs> So uh, it's it's there's no easy games. They're gonna have to bring it night in, night out. And I want to get both of y'all's takes on this. And we'll start with Grant here. Uh, but and I, I put this on our DallasBasketball.com board. So if you ever want to jump in on the discussions there, be sure to go make your free account. We'll admit you, and you know you can keep up with all of our our behind the scenes conversations on there. So. But my question that I posted there the other day was, can this team, as currently constructed, challenge for home court? Can they get home court advantage as currently constructed? Because last season, despite Luka starting the season off in in not great shape, uh, despite losing a handful of key players for uh about two to three weeks to covid and even when they came back they weren't you know they weren't as good as they were before because they were still getting over it despite all the stuff they went through last year they still found a way to be the fifth seed in the west and given it was by a tiebreaker a three-way tiebreaker but they were still fifth in the west and if all that stuff hadn't happened you know if, if they had if stuff had you know broken their way a little bit more they could have potentially had home court last year. So even though the offseason hasn't been what we wanted, hasn't been what we expected, uh, the fact is they still improved, in my opinion. You you basically replaced Josh Richardson with Reggie Bullock and Sterling Brown. And that's not, that's not two signings that's going to, 
you know, they're they're not going to be setting off fireworks in Dallas for it. But, you know, it's just a fact that those two players are going to help more than Josh Richardson, in my opinion. So I think it's viable to say that the Mavs can challenge for home court. Uh, the thing is, you just have to, you know, who are they going to knock off in that top four? Because the Clippers, they're falling, but the Lakers, they're healthy again. But then also the Lakers are, like, really old, too. <laughs> Like, just overall, their roster. So, like, what's their health going to be like this year, too? But uh, And then you have to factor in, you know, if KP's going to be better this year, if Jalen Brunson might take another step, stuff like that. So, Grant, all things considered, I mean, if the Mavs don't make any more moves, where do you see them at in the West? I think they could finish, like, a like a top end, probably, like, a four, uh, four seed, five seed, probably around there. I think uh, – um, it just depends on uh, Porzingis, uh, his durability throughout the regular season. It becomes a little challenging if he misses time. Um, I think Denver being without Jamal Murray definitely um, helps the Mavericks. Same with Kawhi Leonard being out for the Clippers. But, uh, you know, the point you brought about the Lakers is very, uh, very interesting because uh, they're, they're a team that kind of, like with LeBron, they don't really care about their seeding as much uh, as opposed to simply just being prepared and fresh for the playoffs, uh, especially after LeBron and AD probably uh, play too much down the stretch. Um, they probably will look, I, I would imagine, um, to to lean more on uh, rest as opposed to pushing for a higher seed. And uh, the other team that I probably keep an eye on is probably the Warriors. Uh, with Steph Curry, uh, it's unclear like when Clay Thompson will be back. I saw he's supposed to be back, uh, or they expect him, or hope. I don't remember exactly the phrasing uh, for him to be back. I think around Christmas or New Year's. Uh, I'm not positive on that. I believe I saw that yesterday. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how effective he is coming out of the gate. But, yeah, that, those are kind of my general thoughts for sure. Matt, where do you see the Mavs? If if the roster stays as is right now and they don't do anything else for the rest of, you know. Um, I kind of agree with Grant. I, th- I think best case scenario is probably the fifth seed, though. Um, I, I don't see them getting into the top half. Um, obviously, you know, no Kawhi, like Grant said, helps. No Jamal Murray for a while for Denver helps. Um but I just I don't think that they really did enough to change things dramatically to get above the spot that they finished in last season. Um, yeah, they'll, I think they'll be better. Um, but I think the Lakers, I know they're old, but they got a lot better. Um, I think Golden State's going to be better. I, I think, you know, Utah's still there. Phoenix, obviously, you know, they're just coming off of an NBA Finals appearance. Um, so, and, and, you know, no matter which way you slice it, it's going to be hard. Um, and I, I know Portland's, you know, I, I, I don't think as highly as Portland as I did last season, but you know, there's still going to be a decent team. Like, I mean, you could argue that Portland got slightly worse this off season. Yeah, they definitely did that. And I, you know, but th- there's still going to be a, there's still going to be a challenge. Um, the, the point I'm trying to make is the West is going to be very difficult no matter what. And, you know, despite these injuries to, to, uh, you know, Jamal Murray and, and Kawhi Leonard, like Grant said too, you know, KP staying healthy is kind of the key. And if he's healthy and is playing well, that's one thing. But I just I don't have any faith that that's going to be the case. So I and think, see, I, and see, this is why I said as currently constructed because 
obviously we still have a couple things that, you know, that could possibly happen before the, the off season is over. Uh, you know, there it, it's been reported multiple times by multiple people that the Mavs have interest in uh, marketing. Uh, but, you know, they're still doing that tampering investigation and uh, they can't actually trade. Is it Moses Brown? They can't trade until October 1st. So like, yeah, <laughs> even if they wanted to do a trade, like they really, they can't right now. Uh, but you know, it, it, that, that's one thing I've said about marketing. Like I get it. He's not, uh, it's like I said earlier, it's not somebody that, you know, they'd set off fireworks in Dallas if they were able to trade for him, sign and trade for him. But, uh, I view him as like a, a KP insurance policy. You know, if something does happen to KP, he has enough similar uh, attributes to KP, especially on the offensive end, uh, to where I think you could get by if something were to happen to KP and he misses a bunch of time, or if he if KP is going to continue to sit out all back to backs. You know, I, I I feel like that would really really boost uh, the team's ceiling for this season. And then obviously you have the situation with Goran Drag- Dragic or. Basically, any other secondary <laughs> ball handler or playmaker, you know, uh, yeah, we'll have to see how that, that goes, too. But I guess, in my opinion, I really do think the team, as currently constructed, could get uh, home court this year. Just based on how they played last year, given all the setbacks, uh, Josh Richardson just, I mean... Y'all, y'all heard most of the pod, or Grant, even, I don't know how many pods you chimed in on last season, uh, even though you weren't officially a co-host at that point, but I was just so out on Josh Richardson <laughs> about three-fourths of the way through that season. I just, I could not get him, in my mind, I could not get him off the team fast enough. Uh, and I really just think, like, just just that subtle move, of having him gone and now you have uh, Reggie Bullock and Sterling Brown, two guys who can help your spacing. They can hit open three pointers. Uh, it's, it's not a huge move on paper, but in my opinion, I think it really, it really helps the offense out. And I think they can uh, get back to more of what we saw the season. before. Well, I, I kind of think, I mean, I don't think you're wrong about that. I, I just, you know, the, the new acquisitions are always the the new shiny toys and everyone's excited about them and getting rid of the guy that pisses us off always helps. And that's great. Um, but I think the thing that I'm most concerned about going into the season isn't even necessarily the roster. Um, I'm interested to see how Jason Kidd handles being a head coach again, because in his past couple stops, he hasn't been good at it like at all. And I understand that, you know, Giannis came out and said, oh, I wouldn't be here without Jason Kidd and all that stuff. But, like, I don't care. I, I He hasn't been a good head coach record-wise anywhere he's been. And I know he has Luka, but he had Giannis, and he couldn't really do do anything with Giannis. So it it's it, – has he learned? I hope so. But it, it, that's really what's it, what it's going to come down to for me more than anything else is – whether or not Jason Kidd can can get the most out of this roster, because as, as it is right now, I just don't think he can. And um, I'm not saying I, I, I'm not, you know, I don't think it was, I'm not saying that I don't think it was a good decision that, that they let Rick go. I think that that had run its course. Um, I just kind of wish they would have gone in a different direction with head coach. And if, if it works out great and I'll eat crow, but as of right now, that's just the, the one thing that I can't get past right now. 
I, I, I honestly think it'll be fine. Um, I think Jason Kidd, uh, given – I mean, he has he has flaws. Uh, he has had flaws. I mean, he, there, there's no doubt about it. He has not been a good head coach the last two times it happened. But, you Only know, he had – yeah, <laughs> but I mean, he's even admitted that he jumped into the head coaching stuff way too quick. Like he he said that he should have started out as an assistant. Uh, you know, he he jumped into the head coaching stuff too quick. He was he was power hungry. Uh, just wanted way too much, way too fast. Uh, and he admits that. And you know, being an assistant coach in LA the last two years, uh, by all accounts, you know, by his by his other assistant coaches uh frank vogel lebron james anthony davis you know even the end of the bench guys like jared dudley you know everybody in that situation has nothing but great things to say about jason kidd these last couple of years so i understand the concern i really do because i mean the track record speaks for itself but you know given how these last couple of years have gone uh i really in my opinion i think uh, the Mavs will be fine. And especially since you have a guy like Luca, you know, as long as Jason Kidd doesn't create friction in the locker room between, you know, certain players. Uh, and again, he said he's learned how to cater to everybody, not just stars into the bench guys too, while he was in LA. I think they'll be fine. I think they'll win a bunch of games and nothing, nothing helps, uh, you know, criticizing certain moves like winning. <laughs> you win a bunch of games, then, you know, it's pretty much, uh, it's pretty much, you know, going to wash it all away and everybody's going to have fun. So, uh, well guys, that's going to do it for another episode today. Uh, appreciate y'all joining me, uh, on this midday Saturday. And if there's anything else y'all want to put out there before we take off, have at it. Uh, no, I mean, I, I'll just plug my, uh, my article that I just did for, for DallasBasketball.com, um, uh, top game or the top, I did like the top 10 or 12 games on the schedule. I don't even remember what number I ended up with. I kind of went through the list. Um, but the biggest games in the mat for the Mavs this season um, from beginning to end. So uh, go check that one out. And, um, you know, we've, got, we've actually got a bunch of stuff on the site right now in terms of schedule breakdowns and things like that. Uh, Grant's got some stuff up. Dalton, um, you know, I'm sure he'll get some stuff up here pretty soon. Fish is an animal and gets everything out. Um so, you know, we, we've got a ton up there uh, hitting it from every angle. So go check that. Yeah, I, as I mentioned at the very beginning of the pod, it was before you got in here, Matt, but I haven't been able to actually write as much stuff as I'd want to just because work has been uh, – I'm going to be nice. I'm not going to say something I shouldn't say. It, it, it has not been great <laughs> the last two and a half weeks. Uh, I need to get some help back there uh, in the in the worst way. So I will hopefully get back to my normal writing routine here in the next week or so. Yeah, I, I, I trust me, I feel you. I um, I don't get to write as much Mavs as I'd like to either. Um, with the all the different teams I cover for for Sports Illustrated, and then I have the job at the fans. So trust me, I, I get you. But it's it's nice to come back to it and um, and write some stuff here. And- yeah, and hopefully we have some more to write about too because, I mean, you know, ever since those initial signings and re-signings, the Mavs just, they haven't done anything. And like I said, some of the stuff they might do, it's just kind of a waiting game at this point. We don't know what's going to happen, but 
we'll just have to see. We'll have to see when that, that Bulls tampering investigation is over, and uh, we'll have to see if the, the stare down with the Toronto Raptors does anything. <laughs> because uh, if, if those two moves happen, if the Mavs can find a way to get both uh, Dragic and Markinen, then, you know, we may have to come back on here and reassess uh, what we what we think of this current or this current Mavs roster and see if that changes how far we think they can go this next season. But uh, guys, we appreciate it. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, be sure to like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. And if you ever have any questions or have any other topics you want us to uh, to talk about, just shoot us a message on Twitter or reply on Twitter and. Uh, we'll make a note for it for the next pod, and we'll make sure to talk about it, especially during this time of the year where things have kind of kind of toned down for the Mavs. So anything y'all want to talk about, we're up for it. So y'all have a great rest of the weekend. We appreciate it, guys. Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for a minute.